Hello, everyone, and welcome to Strip Search, the comic strip podcast. I am one of your hosts, Pete Chianka. I am here with, uh, as always, my uh, co-host, David London. Hi, Dave. Hey, Pete. How are you? I'm doing okay for this fine uh, July afternoon. It's not 90 degrees, which is good. No, no, we we managed to survive the you know the heat wave without uh, you know uh, dissipating. Yes, I you see. I did what you should always do during a heat wave. I went to Washington D.C. Right, because you, you know for the for <laughs> go south in the summer. <laughs> right for the for the nice cool breezes um, and the uh, political climate. <laughs> yes, course. between the two, it was refreshing. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> Uh, But I'm back now, and we are actually doing, uh, this is the first of two episodes we're going to be recording um, in July. We uh, took a little time off in in June and uh, ran a rerun, but um, are back now. But in the meantime, I have to, Dave, I have to uh, spring something on you. Uh, not not Springsteen. Something <laughs> no, although you know how much I do enjoy talking yeah, about him. Maybe more on him later. But uh, we actually, I, I have chosen a new theme song for our podcast. And we're in the unusual position of you, the listener, have heard it because it was tacked on to the beginning of this podcast. But Dave has yet to hear it. Uh, so how about how about if I, I play a little bit for you? Is this like going to be Name That Tune? It, it sort of is. It's Name That um, Free... Software, not copyright, <laughs> not <violation>. copyrighted <laughs> material. No, we we buy it through. Oh, okay. We actually pay money. It's it's oh, okay. through a, through a subscription. Here, take take a listen. What do you, what do you think? I, I expect Snoopy to be coming in, in the room dancing with Woodstock. <laughs> no, no, I like it. I like it. That's that's the idea. We're, we're going for going for a Charlie Brown feel. It is. It, I like that. Maybe that good omen. You yes. Know. Yes. I think the um, you know the so old some modicum of success there with that that peanuts strip. That's what that's what I'm thinking. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. And the old one, people thought it it was a little morose. Really, it was kind of slow. Um, so we wanted to liven things okay. up a little bit. I like that. I like that. We we're supposed to be funny and you know and lively. you know you know buoyant. Right. <laughs> we I, I tend to sink, but. Um, so we hope you enjoyed our uh, our new little new intro that you heard at the beginning of the show. Definitely let us know. And now, now that Dave likes it, we're going to keep it. Fire it up. All right. Very good. Um, and also, I wanted to mention, we had a, um, a, a, a surprising situation occur within the last week or so reading one of our favorite comic strips, Pearls Before Swine. One of the best ones out there. If, if not the best um, uh, of the current strips, not written and drawn by a dead person not right. like right. so many of the syndicated comic strips are and what do i find opening up i was in washington i opened up my washington post which they uh, gave us free at the hotel and what do i find but a punchline identical almost to one we did over a year ago um and and we're going to put these on our website so you can you could compare them yourself and decide whether or not we we are on to something here. But um, it, it involved um, one of the characters telling scary stories to a group of kids. And in our version from last year, they're at the um, they're they're at a ski lodge because it, it was in the winter. Um, and uh, the um, the character says he, he sets it up by saying he promised he'd tell them some scary stories. And there is CJ, our lead character in our comic strip pet peeves, um, saying. Uh, to the to the kids who are extremely frightened, uh, and if you didn't set the VCR's clock exactly right, the show wouldn't tape at all. So, and it, it, you don't hear the voice when you read it, 
but in people's heads, I think that's pretty much how how I, I heard that how we came across. And then, so we're reading Pearls Before Swine, and it's the exact same setup um, with the goat reading to kids. And his scary story was, and when I was a kid, I only had eight channels. <laughs> now I'm not saying that Stephen Pastis reads our strip and. Uh, lift but if he does, he should promote it. <laughs> he should, and I, and you know, um, and that he lifted our joke uh, almost verbatim. But it does show that great minds think alike, at uh, the very least. In fact, it, it's much more common than you think to have different cartoonists come up with the same or similar idea, completely independent and completely above board. So it happens a lot. And in fact, there's been times in the newspaper where there'll be the printed strips will sometimes even appear on the same day with very similar <laughs> ideas, just coincidentally. Uh, Okay, you could believe that if you want. <laughs> I, I, I like to take the high road, but we'll let our, we'll let our listeners uh, judge for themselves. Yeah, come to our website, petpeevescomic.com, um, and to our uh, our podcast page, and I will post uh, both of those, and you, you, could, you could judge whether or not uh, Mr. Pastis was on the level, and this was an innocent, uh, an innocent uh, I'm not going to say mistake, um, just coincidence, um, or if he's completely run out of ideas and figures nobody would know <laughs> if he just lifted a little bit from those pet peeves, guys. I wanted to mention before we take a little break, make sure to take out, check out Comic Strip Cartoonist Magazine. You can find a link on our uh, website, petpeevescomic.com, to their latest issue. And they actually just started a new magazine, Comic Book Cartoonist Magazine, um, which uh, you know deals with, as you might imagine, uh, the people who are drawing comic books, a slightly different genre than the comic strip. Uh, and we but just yet related, yet re- yet related. It involves drawing. Right. Um, so uh, we definitely want to encourage you to check that out. And uh, soon we will be featured in the next edition. I'm not sure that should be on the fall, um, and uh, we will definitely let you know when that happens. But in the meantime, we're going to take a very short pause, and then we're going to be back with Tim Jones. Stay tuned. Okay, we are back with Strip Search, the comic strip podcast with today's very special guest. I want to welcome to the show Tim Jones, who is the creative genius behind Sour Grapes, um, a comic strip that uh, he uh, self-syndicates from his Rhode Island studio. Uh, Welcome, Tim. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's our it's our pleasure. We're we're fans of the strip, and I know uh, Dave, uh, my partner Dave here, has followed it very closely and even worked with you on on the strip on occasion. Yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah, I did the uh, guest and stint. He did a good job. I, oh, sorry, I jumped on you there, Tim. Yeah, uh, I'm going to uh, turn it over to you. I don't want to uh, talk over you here. <laughs> right. So you you actually had had Dave and some other cartoonists fill in when you had to take a break recently. Is that what happened? Yeah, a couple um, years ago, was it 2014, I think it was, uh, I hurt my arm and couldn't draw for a while, so I reached out and uh, and Dave uh, was kind enough to uh, fill in for a few weeks and uh, met my deadlines wonderfully, and he took his own, he put his own take on on the strip itself, which I thought was great. It was really neat to see someone else's uh, version of the strip. I know. That's something most cartoonists never get to see. It's like it's such a solitary thing. It's coming right out of your head. So to, to see somebody else's take on it must have been neat. Yeah, it was. I, I'm very grateful, uh, Dave. My pleasure. I had a blast doing it. 
Now, why don't you tell, for people who might not be familiar with, with sour grapes, why don't you just tell us a little bit about uh, what, what the strip's all about? Yeah, Sour Grapes is uh, uh, starring, featuring Aesop, the main character. He's a miserable flying dog, and uh, he lives in a world that's uh, very problematic, and he has uh, his friends, the other cast members and and others in the strip that kind of share in those miseries and and problems and that, and and he he finds himself being the... uh, recipient of uh, hearing these problems and experiences and stuff so um right. it's, it's i think it's a relatable strip to everyday life so right and, and he's he's not particularly uh sensitive <laughs> to those, those his other friends problems it seems he he has nah, he's, he's pretty sick of it <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah and the fact that he flies you know wait, wait what's the the propulsion mechanism there that's a that's what I always wonder, reading, reading this strip. How does he get aloft? Well, he um, it, it kind of goes with Superman. We, we used to think it was his cape, but it's not, and so now <laughs> we don't know how he flies. Right. Better, maybe it's better that we that we don't know. Yeah, it's it's a guessing game. He just does. So you know, and uh, you know, it, it is funny. It's it's just a. a because at at first blush, it doesn't seem like sort of an everyday life kind of strip because you have the flying dog and it is sort of wacky. But uh, but a lot of sort of the the themes you you touch on, you know, I think people can relate to. And is is that sort of how you how you approach it? Yeah, it's it's the strip has become personal to me in that, uh, you know, it's my my everyday experiences and um, you know uh, things that I've heard, uh, things that um, I experienced myself, and so on and so forth. So. And uh, what happens is, is I, I take that, uh, we'll call it information, and, and throw it at the characters in the strip, and I, I put it into their world and see how they deal with it. So that's do, my usual formula. Yeah. Do you find uh, that basically every life experience is filtered through the idea that of whether or not it could wind up being a strip? Because I find that's where that's where our lives are headed. Oh yeah. There's a there's a wealth of. Uh, of uh, things out there in the world that I, I throw this into this strip. I, I wish I wish I did it daily because I, I plenty of ideas that are kind of stocked up that uh, haven't made it into the strip yet. So right, so it's, 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 it's kind of a it's kind of a pick and choose kind of thing at the time. Right, because you're doing it weekly right now. Yeah, mostly weekly. Um, I'm in one paper that's every two weeks, and then I have a. Uh, two or three uh, monthlies. So, um, like, the the middle of the month is the busiest because the monthlies want theirs on the 15th, and normally, um, you know, the, the second issue of the one that's every two weeks is due that same week, and then I have my weeklies, so it's a little crazy. They, You know, but just the fact that you're in newspapers at all <laughs> makes you a, a, something of a, of a standout. I, so many... You know, it used to be you had this very rarefied group of syndicated cartoonists, you know, a very small number, and they were the only ones um, who anybody ever saw. They they were in the newspapers, and that was that. And then, you know, obviously with the explosion of the Internet, now you have people, anybody could be a, a cartoonist um, or call right. themselves a cartoonist anyway. Uh, but you're actually 
in print newspapers and you seem to you know you have a, a cottage industry really down there where, where you're um you know you managed to get yourself in a lot of titles you know how how did, how did you pull that off i guess is the question and and how is that different from just being a web cartoonist well i you know initially i um i, I wanted to have uh the strip have some place to live so i had a a good reason to do it you know, it, it didn't seem to me, um, I mean, it's great to be on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and and put it out there for everybody. Um, but I also wanted it to be, um, you know, preserve the, the whole fact of newspapers and it being in the funny pages, as it were. So um, so what happened is one day, you know, I live in, I live in Smithfield, Rhode Island, Northwest, and we have a, a local paper called the Smithfield Times. And... Uh, uh, it has a sister paper uh, called Common Ground, and um, I just I, I saw it and I I wanted to to put the strip in a paper, and I thought what better idea is for a local guy to be in the local paper, and uh, so uh, John Tassoni, the publisher who I owe a lot to for giving me my start, he put me in, and um, and so that you know that started the the roller coaster in, in 2013. And so I used that as the leverage to get into um, the other papers. And as it as it grew, um, you know, for instance, I was in um, Rhode Island Comic Con in 2015 was my first year there, and I was in six papers. And um, I used that, of course, you know, I would call the papers and say, "Hey, listen, you know, now I'm in, you know, it's in six papers, become popular, and you know, the papers will look at you and say you're not a napkin drawer." Mm-hmm. And um, they'll see that it's uh, successful, so they take you on, and you know it's a nice addition to the paper, and so on and so forth. And then a year later, I was in seventeen papers in that, one year. That's so, great. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty surprised. I didn't think it was going to get to that. And now it's twenty. So um, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to, to have been in both of these papers for anywhere to two to you know four years so um so it's it's nice to have a a home for it and did i i you know and i've read some of the other um profiles that that you've done did i hear that it was were you laid off from a job and that's what sort of inspired you to to pick up the pen yeah it's exactly what happened i i laid off from my job and um you know with with some um some good friends, especially one that um, really kicked my butt because um, I had had, it was dormant for a while. I just kind of put it aside, I, you know, th- these characters and wasn't really doing anything with them. And um, so I, I always wanted to bring it back. And uh, as it, you know, just a footnote, it used to be a strip called Every Blue Moon back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I, I put that to bed. Um, you know, it was in papers, six, six papers, and I couldn't develop it. I didn't know what the, the strip was about, same characters and that. So, um, so fast forward to, to 2013, I get laid off and here's my opportunity, um, to do, to bring it back. And, and so I did, I wasn't confident in myself at all because I just didn't know what was going to happen, but. Lo and behold, you know, you, you put the work into it, um, it'll it'll happen for you. So, you know, I got lucky and I brought it back and it you know, 
developed from there to what it is now. So, Tim, uh, tell us a little bit about the process of creating the strip, the materials you use, uh, if you've gone digital at all. Uh, sure, I keep it old school in the beginning where I I draw it on Bristol board. I To get technical, I use smooth Bristol board. And um, I actually had, a long time ago, someone make me uh, plexiglass see-through template that I use to draw out the borders. So it's just, I just go around it like a big rectangle, and it gives me my size instead of, you know, with a T-square and a, and a triangle. This saves a lot of time. So I do that. I pencil and I ink, and then I scan that into Photoshop and uh, an older version. And um, uh, that's where I can fix my mistakes. And um, I use that to do my lettering. I use that to uh, color it and fix my mistakes again. And then, uh, <laughs> and then um, you know, I use that to, to save it to a high-res JPEG, and, that's, and then I use that to, to send that out to the newspaper. So that, that's it in a nutshell. So what would be your process time from starting your pencil to final inking? How long does it take you to do a strip? Um, well, the thing with me is um, I write and draw at the same time. Uh, some people will write, you know, uh, a bunch of strips and then go back and then, and then do them. I don't, I don't do that. Um, I've always done it that way. And so it, that in and of itself takes longer me so um i would say maybe a few hours unless i get stumped and what about or if i have to go to the bathroom <laughs> well you know just don't do that uh <laughs> what, <laughs> what about the coloring how long does this coloring take you a while the, no the coloring's the fast part you know i i just uh again to get technical and i only know this because someone showed me how to do it is uh you know, I, I put a layer on for my um, for my colors, and I I multiply it, and I'm able to just I have a, a little Wacom tablet with a with a stylus, and I just go in and color it like a coloring book. And um, on the other layer, which is the background, I can, I just go in there and I can dump the colors and that. But it's pretty quick. You know, I, I have a, a, another great friend of mine, Dave. Um, he um, gave me a palette of the colors, so I have the same one, so I just go and pick those, and so, you know, again, the, the coloring's fast. It's the, the penciling and the inking that I hate to do, and uh, um, and then I uh, bring that in and, you know, I spend some time making some mistakes, uh, fixing some mistakes, and voila, I have a masterpiece after I'm done. And when you're actually doing the uh, penciling and the inking, do you have any, uh, like like some people will listen to music, some people will have a show on in the background, do you do anything like that? I have white noise. I either have a fan going or my dehumidifier. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to have complete silence only because, you know, I I sit back and I envision the strip and I write it and um, I can, it's kind of weird, I can see the strip and how it's going to look and that. and um, So I kind of construct it that way. And uh, But i, I got to have some kind of white noise going. I can't just sit here and, um, you know, I sit in silence, but I can't. It's just 
too creepy to me. I have, <laughs> I have to. I can't hear my own self breathe, so it's that's distracting. So I put on white noise. So, so. since you since you're writing, you know, you talk about writing and drawing the strip at the same time. Are you literally sitting down to a blank page with nothing and saying, "Okay, here we go," or do you have at least a, a running list of general ideas that you're gonna you're gonna pick from to? You know, go for a particular well, gag. Well, I'm constantly, I'm constantly, like I said, I'll hear something where I, I, I get an idea of what, what's going to happen in, in this, in the strip, and by the way, that that usually turns into something completely different. But, um, but there are, there are times where I do stare at a blank strip and I say, okay, guys, what's going on today? What's, what's going to happen to you today? And I'll kind of think back and see what happened to me or. Or whatever, and, and uh, decide who's gonna who's gonna handle that that day in the episode. So um, that's that's what I've come to to do. I don't necessarily. It's not mechanical to me. Where I um, okay, what am I gonna say next? What's funny? What's gonna be um, you know the punchline? What's gonna be the the uh, premise and all that stuff? I, I don't do that. I, it just kind of flows in. Um, three panels of, of the day in the life of, of uh, these guys. So, And I think once, once you get to know the characters, that it's funny to talk about because you, know, you created them, of course you know them, but as you work on it, the, the more you work on it, the more you feel like you're getting to know them and the easier it is to, to figure out how they'd react. Yeah, I've actually had them yell back at me sometimes. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. No. <laughs> I, um, so, yeah, it's it's... It's it's become that you know a lot of people say oh, you're ASAP and okay, <laughs> but um, there are a lot of days that I don't have many good days, so maybe that's it. But um, I'm joking, but um, <laughs> actually not. But I uh, <laughs> yeah, you have to I, be uh, at least somewhat curmudgeonly to be a good cartoonist, I think. Yeah, I, um, basically, I, I try and um, act it out as it were, um, and see. You know, and be Aesop, and be Constance, and be Slice, and be um, Maddie, and uh, give them their own voice and their own um, their own uh, physicalities and how that relates to what they're saying and stuff like that. It's all, it's all got to match up. Right, and I know you know our strip that we work on, Pet Peeves. I mean, sometimes it's so tempting, like you think of a really good punchline, and then you realize. Uh, but he wouldn't say that, you know. But you really want to use it because right. it's good. But it still has to be true right, to the character. Exactly. Um, right. I mean, for instance, Maddie with the big yellow hair. He's he's a nerd, and um, you know something with him. You know, I, I recently did one on Comic Con, and um, and but I it, it, that wouldn't work for Constance, you know, in in his experience, you know, because she that's not her thing. So um, you know, if I if I'm going to write to a subject and something that may have happened or did happen and or uh, whatever, but um, it's, it's got to go to the character that it worked for. Right. Right. Now just to, um, to ask you about something while well, we still have a, a few minutes, did, did I hear you um, were, have become a member of the National Cartoonist Society? Yeah. Um, well, congratulations. I, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. That was a um, a big hurdle for me um, in that, you know, things have been going really well for the strip and, you know, popularity and, and so on and so forth, things that I've been putting out, books and such. 
but um, I was really like, you know what? I really want to try this and just to kind of tell a quick story. Yeah. Okay. So I'm at Comic-Con last year, Rhode Island Comic-Con, and uh, um, someone that uh, Dave and I know, maybe you know, George, um, was there. He's he's involved with um, the company that runs the, uh, the Comic-Con, and he came by and invited me to be on the NCS panel, of which I wasn't a member yet, so I was like, you know, giddy like a, a little girl meeting Justin Bieber for the first time. <laughs> and... Uh, um, so long story short, I, I get, you know, go with these guys up, uh, the back way with security and we get on a panel and, uh, which was great. There was a lot of people there and hearing him sit next to Joe Staten and, uh, uh, who currently draws Dick Tracy. He's been in the business for 40 years, DC and Marvel, um, Ed Steckley, uh, Mad Magazine and wonderful illustrations and stuff. And George and the other end, and here I am taking questions in front of these guys, and I'm just like, somebody pinch me. Um, so fast forward to me talking to Ed, and I said, you know, I I really like to become a member. Uh, what do I do? But I I really don't fit the criteria um, that they ask. And uh, you know, he said to me, you know, because of your um, you know your own success and. Um, determination and all that stuff, you know, they, they might look at that and consider it. Um, fast forward to me getting some uh, recommendation letters that are required and um, sent those in and um, sent the application in um, and uh, had to wait quite a while. I was getting nervous and finally somebody said, well, just give the chairman a call and see what's going on. I was like, oh, great. Now I'm even more nervous. And <laughs> Because I really wanted, I really wanted to get in because it it was a big hurdle for me. If I didn't get in, I just would have been like second guessing myself and say, okay, where's this going to go now? Because you know the NCS, you know, um, didn't think that um, you know I was a pro, as it were. So, but you know, I I got a I got a letter in the mail. I was at work. My wife texted me and she says, you got something in the mail from National Cartoon Society. And I was like, oh boy. She says, do you want me to open it? And I said, how big so how big's the envelope? <laughs> and she says, well, it's a little one. I said, oh, that's a rejection letter. And uh, she opened it up, and she took a picture of it, and she said, you're wrong. <laughs> and uh, so the rest is history, and you know, I was ecstatic. So That's excellent. It, it's, a great, it's a great thing, and um, you know, I, I feel really good about it. And so now I'm in the ranks of, some, of a lot of big shots and that. So, so um, will, we see you you know, the, uh, will we see you at the Rubin Awards next year? If I sell my house or second mortgage it, <laughs> I would I would do that. So um, I hear it's in California next year, and uh, I would love to go. But yeah. you know, well, maybe I eventually, maybe eventually they'll have it in Providence. I sure hope so. Yeah, that would be great. Or at least Boston. I'll offer to have it in my backyard. <laughs> You're right. You got a grill, right? I've got a grill, I've got a dilapidated shed, a huge dog, and grass that won't grow. It's mostly moss. So yeah, what else that. do you need? All right, we're coming, up, right. we're coming up on the half hour, but so before we run out of time, I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about, you know, what, if uh, where can people find Sour Grapes, your cartoon and your books, and anything else that you'd like people to see? Well, if you go to my website, um, sourgrapescomic.com, um, comic is singular, so sourgrapescomic.com. 
Uh, you can see everything that's going on in there. I have, you know, latest episode on archives. I have my contact information. I have merchandise that you can uh, email me for if you'd like to buy something. I have, you know, sour grape shirts, hats, uh, books, and other things, stuffed animals. And uh, so you can contact me with that. You can also see uh, where I'm going to be as far as events or shows. Um, and uh, some press. And I have a press page where you can hear, um, you know, some interviews or pictures and stuff. And of course, you guys will be on there. Woohoo! And uh, yay! <laughs> so, um, so, uh, um, and, uh, so that's basically. You can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and all those links are on my website as well. So. Great. And of course, we will have this podcast up at petpeevescomic.com slash podcast. And we're going to have links to, um, to all the, um, the pages that Tim just mentioned. Um, and uh, we encourage you to check them out because it's a funny strip. Tim, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Uh, we will uh, catch up soon. Hopefully, I'll see you at uh, one of the uh, NCS events. Yes. Encourage them to have a party. <laughs> we'll be we'll be the first ones there. Thanks again, Tim. Right. Thanks, everybody. Okay, thank you.